Welcome uh, to 70 at 50, a special Journal Star podcast production, uh, Lincoln Journal Star and Husker Extra. I'm Parker Gabriel. I'm a sports reporter um, at the Lincoln Journal Star. This is episode four of 70 at 50. Um, if you're following along uh, with the series, 70 at 50 is commemorating the 50th anniversary of the 1970 national championship football team at the University of Nebraska, um, the start of, uh, of, a, of an epic run um, under Bob Devaney. Um, it, last week's episode, we heard sort of an off-the-beat story about Larry Jacobson's stolen national championship ring. Uh, we're going to bring uh, the proceedings a little bit back closer to the field this week, and to do so, I'm joined by a familiar face and voice uh, Lincoln Journal Star columnist Stephen M. Sipple. Sip, what's up? Thank you for doing this, Parker. It's great that we can finally get together and work on something together after all this. <laughs> well, this is sort of fun, though. I mean, it's takes us out of our usual world, you know. Yeah, that's right. Back so, in nineteen seventy. So you are uh, writing a column this weekend. We're talking on October second. It's Friday morning. Uh, you, your column for Sunday's Journal Star is part of this project this week. Um, obviously, uh, people can read it on the Journal Star's website sometime on Saturday. It'll be in print on Sunday. Um, but you talk to Tom Osborne, right, about about sort of um, lead it, what led into the 1970 season through his eyes, uh, especially offensively. And it, it sounds like you came across uh, an, interesting, an interesting anecdote from actually before the 1970 season started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, we're really fortunate to have someone like Tom, who was a, was prominent in the 1970s, uh, prominent, well, in the 60s, late 60s into the 70s. You know, he was he was rising to prominence in the program, and he remembers this stuff incredibly well. Like, yeah. it's his the detail with which he remembers what was happening in 66, 67, 68, 69 into the national championship seasons is incredible. We're really fortunate um, that Tom is able to do this. So yeah, you're alluding to this scene in 69. It was 1969 and Nebraska was coming off bad seasons in 67 and 68, six and four missed bowl games Bob Devaney, the head coach, was under quite a bit of pressure. And Tom said he was worn out. Um, in 69, they got going. I mean, 69, they finished 9-2, and two, but it wasn't an easy season necessarily. And they were on a bus ride home from Kansas State in mid-November. Nebraska went into that game in Manhattan, ranked 17th. Kansas State was unranked, but Nebraska only won 10-7. And it was rough. It was a tough game yeah. for Nebraska. They won, um, but Bob called Tom to the front of the bus on the way home. This was '69. This was before Nebraska's, you know, year before their first national title. Yeah. And said, "Tom, I'm I'm ready to turn the program over to you." And and now he didn't end up doing that right away. And Tom told me that at the time he didn't really, Tom didn't take it that seriously. He just thought Bob was pretty worn out. He had yeah. he, the way Tom described it. He had raccoon eyes, wasn't sleeping much. Um, but you know, they Parker, they um, again, they did beat Kansas state. Then they came back 
to finish the 69 season with a blowout win at Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Yeah, they finished and, with, I think, like seven wins in a row. In yeah, that year they did, yeah. including the last two, a 44-14 win against Oklahoma. And then they pounded Georgia in the Sun Bowl, uh, 45-6. to So it was the first year, 69, of, the, of Osborne's eye formation. Bob told him they wanted him to change the offense. He did. And it got rolling in 69, then really got rolling in 70. It's interesting. So, and we want, I want to talk about the I formation um, because I think yeah. that's sort of an interesting part. But just before we do, um, if you've been listening to this series, you know, through the first four episodes now, um, you, you may recall the first two weeks uh, um, I, I chatted with Mike Babcock, who's the editor at Hale Varsity and a former Journal Star reporter, been on the beat for 40 years. And, and Babs, one of the things he talked about was that through – probably beginning with that bus ride in 69, but really all the way through um, the two national championships um, and then to, you know, 1973, um, you know, the way that he recalled it in his reporting was that Osborne was never quite sure once he started taking the sort of, um, you know, the succession plan seriously, uh, he wasn't sure once Devaney had won those national titles, whether he wanted to follow um, and, you know, try to be the head coach at Nebraska after the things that Bob Devaney accomplished, you know, some of them obviously still in the future when this bus ride conversation happens. So I thought it was interesting. He, he applied for other jobs and, and there was you yeah. know a chance he was going to leave and all of that. And then obviously it played out the way it did, but it's, it's an interesting, the butterfly effect, you can apply it in any situation ever, but um, that's an interesting one. I mean, it just it could have played out so differently than it did, um, but of course, you know, 1969 really was the beginning of a long, uh, a long run of of unmatched success, really in a lot of ways. And so, I'm curious though about the I formation because in '69 that was just, and then into '70 that was really just the beginning of that era at Nebraska, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um... They were running, I don't know what you call what they were running before. It was an unbalanced line that, with a halfback, and he, Bob brought that offense with him. They had run it at Michigan State under, with Duffy Dougherty. Um, but, I mean, the long and short of it is Tom just thought with an eye, if you had a good eye back, there were a lot more – he could go to any hole in, a, in the eye formation. And if you had a good eye back, um, it could really work. And they had two of them in 1970. They had Joe Orduna, who was sort of the main guy. But Jeff Kinney um, was, the, was the other one, and he, he was coming. He was a younger guy, recruited as a quarterback um, out of McCook. Uh, but they, they saw him as an eye back in the recruiting process. He was a big dude. He was a big, strong eye back, good, bro broke a lot of tackles, didn't have blazing speed, but he was a tough runner. Those guys, you know, they identified that, but it was interesting too, in the, in the eye formation that they used, they would use a wing back. It was sort of like a tight end, a small tight end. And he'd be in the backfield because he'd line up a, a yard or a yard and a half off the line of scrimmage. And that was Johnny Rogers. Um, so Johnny was a sophomore in 1970, 
and was showing star potential or becoming a star right then. So 1970, you had Kenny Arduna and Rogers um, in the backfield and it was, it was really effective. So yeah, Tom, Tom led the change to the I formation. It was really interesting because so Tom kind of became what we would call nowadays the offensive coordinator. Again, they didn't do that. He came up as a graduate assistant, became an offensive coordinator. Parker on the defensive side, it was the same thing. Yeah. Bob had brought these, all these guys with him from Wyoming, but it was these two young guys, Osborne and, and Monty Kiffin, who took over the respective sides of the ball. They didn't come with Bob. They were, they were GAs who rose in the program. So it's, it's really sort of an interesting dynamic when you think about um, Tom, what he's done, what he did in his career, and then Monty Kiffin, what he did in his career. Bob identified those guys as young guys that knew what the hell they were doing, obviously. And that's, you know what? People sort of wonder about Bob, what made him so good, but that's, that's probably a pretty good example, right? Yeah, it he is. Saw that he saw the talent in these young guys – these GAs, uh, Monty Kiffin and Tom Osborne. It's interesting too. I mean, so, so, you know, Babs and I talked a little bit a couple of weeks ago on this podcast about um, the fact that that 1970 team, obviously, you know, the, the stage was sort of set with the seven straight wins to, to close 1969. And then obviously yeah. a great year and a national championship year in 1970, but even in 1970, um, it was, you had the young guys in, in Tom Osborne and Monty Kiffin very involved, but then also mm-hmm. you had a lot of young players. Johnny Rogers was a sophomore. Yeah. Uh, Larry Jacobson and Rich Glover on the defensive line, two of the guys who would be the, among the best of all time in, in the program. Um, yep. Young guys, right? I mean. Yeah, you did have you young at, guys on that if, team. If you look at the, the seniors and the leadership, and like, like you're talking about guys like Joe Arduna that year, like they were obviously good players. There was a ton of talent, enough talent to win a championship. But you could, you, I think, and, and obviously we weren't around or you were extremely young. Um, I, I think that you got the sense, even in 1970 from the people I've talked to, and it sounds like in talking to Tom, that you sort of knew that the building blocks were in place for it not to just be a one-year thing, but to – to continue on after 1970. Yeah, if you start at quarterback, they, you know, Jerry Taggy was a junior in 1970. Van Brownson was a junior in 1970. Those guys shared duties in 69, a little bit in 70. They shared them, but by by 71, Taggy had pretty much taken command of the quarterback position. But yeah, those guys were going to be back. Jeff Kinney was a junior in 1970. Uh, you mentioned Johnny was a sophomore. Um, on the lot, well, they had a tight end, a real good tight end who was a sophomore, Jerry List. Um, Dick Rupert on the line was only a junior. Doug Dumbler was only a sophomore. Uh, Wally Winter, I guess Wally Winter is a senior. Um, but yeah, they had, they had a lot of guys. You mentioned Rich Glover was only a sophomore. Willie Harper. Um, Willie Harper was a, a rush end, only a sophomore. So you're exactly right. Joe Blaha was a great defensive back from Columbus, Nebraska. Uh, he was only a sophomore. You're exactly right. I, in fact, when I was studying, that's what I thought. Man, yeah. in 70, they had all these guys are coming back. It's no wonder they won it, another title in 71. 
I like your I like your Columbus shout out there. Um, yeah, the, Joe Blaha was a, a legend in Columbus. And by the way, I now Parker. Before we go on, Bill Cush was also Nebraska. For your edification, Parker, at <laughs> Thank that you. point had two Columbus guys playing in the defensive backfield. Joe Blaha was a corner, and Bill Cush was their free safety. So Columbus represented um, very well on that team. And it has done so in Lincoln virtually ever since. <laughs> in some respects, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so before we wrap this up, I'm, I'm curious, um, and I think we'll probably talk about this more as this series goes forward because there's such a – I mean, there's so we put so much um, time and, and effort and resources into covering recruiting today. Yeah. But even 50 years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm struck by, and I shouldn't be, I guess, maybe, but I'm interested because when we were talking about your conversation with Tom Osborne before um, this podcast, one of the things you talked about was Tom feeling the need to go out and, and recruit um, a different kind of offensive lineman. It's something that mm-hmm. Mike Babcock and I talked a little bit about, but just in, in having talked you know, with with Coach Osborne here um, this morning, I'm curious what his his sort of take on that and and why he felt the need um, to do that and, and and what it led to, I guess. Um, Part of the um, reason they felt the need was they were they were they going to get fired. Um, yeah, right, which, right. Two which, years of uh, six and four will do that uh, yeah. in, in those days. Yeah. So there was an urgency, and Parker, what was going on is Nebraska had played Alabama a couple times, and Alabama was using smaller offensive linemen and scramble blocking. <clears throat> and Bob thought that was a good idea. It turned out it wasn't a good idea. And then so Bob changed again and said, we gotta, we're going to move the eye. Or Tom said, we're going to move to the eye, but that would mean we would need bigger linemen. And they had to go get some quick. Yeah. So they didn't – you know what, Parker, back then, they didn't recruit JUCOs much. Right. But they, they went out – to California and got some JUCOs, for instance, two guys that started on that 1970 line, Bob Newton, uh, who was at Cerritos Junior College in California, and Dick Rupert, who was a tackle, uh, or Rupert, yeah, I don't know, they're, I think Rupert was a tackle, hold on a second, hold on a second, Parker, um, Newton was a left tackle. He was from a California junior college. And I think Rupert was the actually the left guard. And Rupert came from Harbor Junior College in Los Angeles. So, yeah, Tom went out and got those guys. Tom flew out to California, got those guys. Actually got some other guys from the California JUCOs that helped too. But those guys were starters on the offensive line. They had to get bigger on the offensive line. They did, and by 70, it was a pretty punishing offensive line. It's amazing. Like, I just think it's so interesting how 50 years later, like, hey, you want to change your offensive scheme? Well, you're going to probably have to plug a few holes personnel-wise. How do you do that? Junior college recruiting. I mean, it's amazing. It's the same – you know, it's really not that different. Um, Like, if you were – if you were going to change your offensive style now or, or like when Scott Frost took over in December of 2017, what did they do? They went to the junior college ranks – to try to find some guys that fit the style that they wanted to play. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, obviously a lot has changed the style of athlete and some, to some degree has changed and all of that, but there are definitely commonalities that run all the way through uh, even 50 years later in college football. Absolutely. Um, 
One other guy to mention is Johnny. I didn't get, go in depth, Johnny Rogers. I didn't go in depth with Tom about his recruitment. The interesting things that came out of that conversation were that Bob Devaney played the lead role in recruiting Johnny. Interesting. Rogers. Um, Tom helped. Tom, you know, I asked him the question, was Johnny Rogers highly recruited? Well, back then, you know, it wasn't really the same conversation, right? Um, Tom indicated that Johnny was sort of hidden. I mean, a lot of people didn't know about him. Right. Even though Tom said he was an incredible athlete at, you know, he weighed not more than 170 and he benched 300 pounds when he came here. He was a super strong guy, not even a weightlifter, just a naturally strong guy, which by the way, like if you watch those old films of Johnny Rogers, you can see the strength. I mean, he was not that big, but he was not, he didn't go down on first contact a lot. And the other thing you noticed about Johnny in those old films is he never dropped passes and he would catch passes in traffic. And I think that strength is, you see that sort of strength there. So uh, it'll be, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to reading your, your Sunday column about the I formation. It's funny, uh, as we get closer to the 2020 season, uh, think back to um, that, that Ohio State game last year um, where, where the Buckeyes obviously yeah. were in control and Scott, you know, they, they had, Nebraska had that one drive uh, where they went to the I. And they moved the ball right down the field. And I think it ended in a fumble, maybe. Um, or a, or a, a pick. Turn. No, it was a pick. It was a pick. Yeah, that's right. It was a, by, remember, Okuda on his yep. back, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, the one where he fell down, yeah, yeah. down in the red zone at Landon. Jeffrey right. Okuda. Yeah. So, anyways, um, there, there are – one of the cool things about this series, one of the things I found really interesting about this series is as you go through it, um, there are – there's fiber, there's strings that you can sort of pull all the way through from, from 1970 to today or back, obviously, the other way. So, um, Sip, thanks for doing this. We're looking forward to, to reading your column in Sunday's Journal Star. Uh, this has been episode four of the 70 at 50 podcast. Uh, you can find all of the episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, obviously all kinds of coverage uh, about the 1970 team and, of course, uh, now moving toward a 2020 football season. Uh, in the Lincoln Journal Star print edition at HuskerExtra.com. Thanks for listening.